0: Radio show. Your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Welcome to the best of Driven Radio Show. I'm Markel Groves and Brett has picked out his favorite show chunks. I'm going to slap them together and let you listen to them. Happy New Year. Enjoy. Looking forward to talking about more cars in 2023.
1: We may have a new candidate for world's most interesting man. Eric McClellan is an independently licensed mental health professional. Good lord, we could use that here.
2: (laughs) A senior learning and development. 180 an hour, by the way.
1: Uh, Cash.
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) Cash only. Up front. Up front.
1: (laughs) No chance you'd work for booze, is there? I can't take trades, unfortunately. (laughs) He's a senior learning and development leader with a master's in psychology. He's published two books pertaining to automotive subjects. Eric has freelanced as an automotive journalist for over a decade, currently working with Gearhead Daily. He's also owned a myriad of cars both foreign and domestic he enjoys racing his corvette whenever possible he has a self-proclaimed lego obsession we need to introduce <laughs> gonna have to introduce him to ped for that
0: uh-huh.
1: uh huh true he enjoys reading to his son's elementary classes where he does all uh-huh. the voices. And we've just had a little proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. While well, we were
0: getting things hooked up. yeah, That's Eric, right.
1: Eric plays pool at a competitive level. He and his partner recently took fifth in the World Pool Championships in Las Vegas. He enjoys Sweet. jewelry making, fine woodworking, has the world's, mo- well, had, past tense, had one of the world's most epic beards. It uh, looks like you're uh, working on bringing True. that back, and uh, I think it's time we hand that man a Dos Hackies. He is uh, one of the <laughs> most interesting guests we've ever had. Eric, welcome to Driven Radio.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: This is cool. Uh, Mr. Mark, Eric is originally from Springfield, Missouri, so now we have the Southern hey! Missouri Mafia here. My on, neck of the woods. Right. Branson
0: boy. Yeah. Class 82. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, that's right. My, my grandfather was the fire chief at uh,
0: Springfield, Missouri. Oh, no kidding did he happen to oh my God, I'm just starting. Hey, did he happen to know my cousin yeah. Bill Farr? We're gonna he play. Was a fire chief of the, the whole state and then now he's down there in the He's
1: also a sucker for Kansas City barbecue. so good man, uh, yes this, this means you're okay in our book. Uh, no pressure now that we've Love built Kansas you up. Uh, <laughs> You've got a hell of a professional background, mental health professional, billiards yep. pro, auto journalist, skilled mechanic, jewelry maker. Uh, you make custom woodwork you yeah. managed a garage that did a fair amount of business with rental car companies. Yes, one and of the big ones. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that job and how that pushed you toward a different career path?
2: Yeah, so at the time I had a I had my masters in psychology and I had taken the path to become a therapist and uh, you know help people and help people get better and after I finished my my practicum and my internship and my college degree or my uh, a master's degree i kind of went i am burnt out of college i'm burnt out of school i'm burnt out of all of this i need i uh i, I didn't know if that was for me and i found this job it says you know uh, training managers and i was like well i got a master's degree That should at least get me in the door <laughs> my foot in the door and it did. And uh, I went into the, the manager training program to run a a, um, a nationwide chain, a chain store place. And um, they had, you know, for the most part, had integrity. Not every day, but for the most part, <laughs> people I worked with had integrity. I did. I, oh, um, well, of course. Every day. <laughs> we had a, a national account because we were very close to the airport. And if anybody is familiar with St. Paul or Minneapolis, you probably know where I worked. It's near the airport, and, yeah, one of our large accounts uh, was our rental car company, and it was very lucrative. It was a very good deal.
1: You had one driver that you just didn't have any interaction with at all until the very old. I little... that
2: guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not only did I hate that guy. Uh, what's your What's your policy on swearing, by the way? Yes, <laughs> we're good. Okay, we're we're okay. Okay, the yeah. dude took a shit on my floor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> has ha,
2: Has everybody on this on your staff here heard the story? Or is, no, no, I have. I have. Nobody oh else my has. God. Okay, so here's okay. So here. So here. So okay. So I've set. You set the stage. Yes. I was the closing manager of this uh you know small eight bay repair shop in a very high you know high volume store a lot of foot traffic too because it was a very idyllic sort of place a lot of old money a very jewish old money neighborhood okay um great great customers and we, we were right by the ford plant here in saint paul where they made all the ford rangers before they went under that whole bit and the um Again, how it worked was um, a a uh, one of the drivers from the rental car company would come drop a car off. Chances they would just you know do an oil change, and if they were great customers, because if we found a tire that needed repair or a wiper blade or a light bulb that was out, they didn't ask questions. They just authorized it, and boom, we we got paid. It was great, fantastic. And um, late at night. Uh, what would happen is um, they would drop off all the cars for the next day and then there would, you know, you know, drivers would just kind of s- cycle in. It's pretty simple. I'm by myself with one mechanic because we're closing up shops, getting to the end of the day. I'm getting tired. My My tech is getting tired. And his name is Jason, by the way. Ironically, he's on the same pool league as I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 10 years later, I see this guy and I'm like, holy crap, it's Jason. Um, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Well, yeah, okay, well, let, me, let me get to the story here. <laughs> and there's, most of the guys are pretty, you know, guys and gals who would, who would do this. This was a part-time job for them, paid minimum wage. It didn't, I mean, they were just shuffling cars back and forth. It was not a complicated job. And there was, uh, so we had a lot of, um, retirees and we had a lot of immigrants who worked there. And so uh, one particular retiree was this older guy and he was very gruff. I didn't like him. Nobody in our staff had ever talked to him for more than 2 seconds. He did not give a shit about anybody and he was just he'd come in hmm.
3: and he just take the keys and he just leave. And he was
2: kind of round and portly. There's kind of you know, those big kind of middle section guys, you know. There's kind of a big Higher for a middle section and he uh this one day it's we're, we're getting we're getting close to the end of the shop or getting into the night and it's we close at seven I, it's like six i'm getting ready to close up i'm turning things off and i'm getting ready to go and and this guy shows up and he the the, the door bursts open and he's running Like that you know the old man staccato walk where he's trying to like clench everything at once and do this kind of like oh no bat walk in front of me. And I'm sitting there kinda you know, I'm just kinda chilling. Okay, yeah, all right, you know. And I was I see this and he walked right in front of me. And I was just like, Huh, that's all right. Well I mean it's only a three minute drive to the airport, but whatever, I guess. Yeah, he's gotta use the bathroom. And about 10 or 15 seconds later, I get a whiff.
4: <laughs> oh, uh, oh, no. Oh, no.
2: Oh, no. Feces. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's not mine. Okay. For the record. <laughs> double bag. Did I just fart? (laughs) I don't remember. Yeah, well, hey, you know, you get older, it surprises you. (laughs) Oh, hey. Had one sneak by. (laughs) Bonus round. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still alive. Alright, good times. And and I'm just like, what the hell? So I end up, I kind of investigate a little bit. I open the counter, kind of look over, peer over it like this. From the front door all the way to the bathroom is a line of turds. (laughs) Oh no! And I I'm 21, <laughs> two at the time. No, I think that. No, I'm sorry. Uh, 25. Yeah, cuz yeah, I just graduated. Uh, I'm about 25. And I'm just kind of standing there, like just like, <laughs> there's, there, there, is there a shit on my floor?
3: <laughs> like, uh,
2: like what happened? Why is there a shit on my floor? Where did it come from? You know, and and I and I'm like, all right, that's weird. So, yeah.
3: yeah, right. That's different. And
2: and I start, I kind of start laughing a little bit. And I I'm like, nobody's gonna believe this. <laughs> nobody's gonna believe this. So I have to go get Jason, the tech who's in the back, <laughs>
3: to well, show is... him the
2: turds.
0: Witness me! <laughs> yeah,
2: nobody's nice gonna believe this. this old wrong. man took a shit on my floor. <laughs> so I run and get Jason. Let me tell you about Jason. Oh no, Jason is um, uh, he's a bit of a hypochondriac. He <laughs> he, you know, okay, you go to Subway, you get like four sandwiches you have, you know you got your three buddies you open up the thing and you go oh this you know that's a salami that's a meatball whatever and you kind of lift the flap a little bit just to see what it is so you can hand it up he's the kind of guy that if you were to lift the flap just to see what it was he wouldn't take it because you touched it that's oh, how he that's kind of how he was uh-huh. Ooh,
0: this is not going to end well no.
2: So, no. so I'm thinking who better to show somebody- <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dude,
2: (laughs) Let's show show Jason some poop. So I'm like, Jason, and now mind you, there was a, you know, you've been to every repair shop. Mm -hmm. There's a glass wall between the service bay and the customer area. And we're in the service bay area. And I'm like, Jason, Jason, come here, come here, come here. Is that what I think it is? I'm not imagining this right. He doesn't say a word to me doesn't say, it says nothing. just kind of (laughs) goes
0: and leaves. He leaves me there. Does the bug-eyed bug out.
2: (laughs) And I'm like, motherfucker, this guy just leaves me. So he leaves, and I'm about to go back in. I'm like, all right, well, nothing in manager training school has taught me to deal with this.
1: (laughs) This wasn't in the handbook?
2: Neither did six years of college.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it Train me for any such uh, poop uh, inc- excrement uh, excursions. So as I'm about to hit the, the door between the garage and the sh- and the customer area, a early 20s pretty attractive female no. oh, walks no, in. No.
0: Oh, no, no. It's summer. Oh, no. Oh.
2: She's wearing flip-flops.
3: Oh,
2: <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I
0: have seen the future. It's not I good. feel like you're getting ahead of me here.
3: Yeah, so sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get behind you. None of this
3: I don't
2: I don't know how, but like like it was a laser beam stepped in the biggest piece. Oh. Lord. And, it, and, it, and I looked out, I'm horrified. Again, you know, I or mid twenties guy, you know, like what the hell? And I, I look know. down, and sure enough, it's like in up in there, like Toad's <laughs> jam up in there. And I'm like, I am so sorry. This is not how we do business here. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I, I, don't, I think that's almost verbatim what I said. <laughs> and sh- and I handed her a blue mechanics towel. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and she's like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm a nurse. I see this stuff all the time. Fine. Wow. Nice. Okay, good. It I'm like, all right, we're brother. not getting sued.
5: Lucky. <laughs> yeah.
2: And she, and she was really nice about it. And uh, I, later, um, somebody told me, do you think she thought it was dog poop, Eric, or human <laughs> poop? I'm like, oh, crap. She thought it was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. She didn't realize it was old man. It was old man poop.
3: Oh my god. And
2: I wish I could make this up.
0: I wish you were making it up too.
2: I had to live it. Dude, I had to. Live it. So she leaves and it's been 20 minutes by this point. And the guy I, I it kind of dawns on me. He's still in the bathroom. Oh, right. And I'm like, well, I, I, there's nothing I can do about it. It's a one-stall bathroom. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to go knock on the door. I've never said one word to this guy, and this guy's never said one word to me. So forget it. I'm just whatever. Don't care. It's closing time. I take all the mats outside, and I, you know, start going. You know, and then I, I realize that there's a fair amount of it on <laughs> oh the linoleum. And you have to imagine I'm, twenty like, 25-ish. Not knowing what the hell I'm doing, still kind of in shock by all the events that have happened. Jason has now left, he's gone home. It's just me (laughs) and this guy, and screaming, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the fetal position. (laughs) Fecal position, is that what you uh, said? Thank you, It's it's a new one, yeah. Um, so I grabbed the first thing I can think of to clean it, which in retrospect. It doesn't work. I'll just tell you this: brake cleaner and poop do not come
3: together. <laughs> no <longer. laughs> I grabbed the first thing I
2: thought could work. I was like, "Well, brake cleaner takes care of everything. It takes care of rust. It takes care of grease. It, you know, uh, it has it, it's got to work on poop, right?" Apparently, not on nope. poop. No. Nope. So. If anything, I'm an example. Do not do what I did. Great cleaner, no matter what strength, will clean up. It just smears it around.
3: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs>
1: Son, I admire <buy> your tenacity. <laughs>
2: Imagine why I went back to psychology. He gave, anyway. her.
1: <laughs> he gave her the old college try, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I just wanted to hear you re- rehash that story. Well, was that in oh, your
2: no, turn talk? Or it's not done? done.
0: Oh, my oh, no. God. What?
2: There's
1: more. No, it's it better.
2: There's more. <laughs> All right. I'll, 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 I'll be brief. I'm on my hands and knees scrubbing up his poop, his shit off the floor. And the the, the only word this man has ever said to me, he comes out of the bathroom. I'm still on my hands and knees, right? So he's up here. And I had to look up and I'm like, the fuck do you want? Like, go ahead. Make, like, go ahead. And he just looks at me in his old man face and just goes, huh? And walks off. Well, oh, then I looked, at, I looked at his. I looked at his pants, and I realized that he was shaking turds out of his pants as he was walking in the. And then I realized he dropped off a car. Yes. Oh no! <laughs> there is not enough seat covers in the world for me to get in that car. Oh. I left it. I left it unlocked in the parking lot with the keys in it. <laughs> Brain, I, I Huge. think that's
1: a, that's a pretty fair theft deterrent. Oh, huge
2: stain right there.
1: Unbelievable. And,
2: and, and then I realized, wait a minute, I haven't cleaned the bathroom yet. <gasps>
0: oh, no, 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 no. no!
2: There's a pair of, so I open the door, I, honestly, like a sack of bricks, hits me in the face. Um, uh, the smell was so bad, and I out of the corner of my oh. eye, I barely see, like, a pair of just, just destroyed underpants <laughs> sitting oh. in, the, in the garbage. Waiting
0: for you, <laughs> like old friends.
2: <laughs> so I, so I, I, I that was the last straw. I couldn't take it anymore. There's wow. I had enough shit shit for that day. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. So I wrote a note. I said, uh, "Dear morning manager," his name um, uh, Scott. Dear, dear Scott, uh, super sorry about the bathroom. We'll explain tomorrow. Going home to get drunk. <laughs> and, um, and that. Was and my it. friend was having a party that night, uh, a watch party for like Lost or something like that, and and i i i, op- I crack open a six-pack he starts the show and i said i just for everybody's record be thankful i did not shit on the floor tonight <laughs> and everybody kind of went huh that's an odd thing to say and i said i'll tell you later and i started drinking and then
1: yeah, that, was, wow. that was the story unbelievable Our returning special guest this week is Mr. Chris deganchi Oh, look at that glass. You do have red in that, don't you?
6: Yes, he does. Oh, I wouldn't lie to you about this. This is important work I do. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Corey and I are just drinking beer. You went all uppity on us. Uh, Let
6: me get the pinky out. Let me. uh, That's very important too. Oh Oh. wow,
0: such class. Got to remember your Emily Post.
6: So much class. There
1: you go. Chris is the founder of the Dead Ends Hearst Club and one of the founding members of the National Hearst and Ambulance Association. He's also one of my favorite guests because the just you'll find out folks if you haven't heard him before he's well worth a listen when he's not collecting antique funeral equipment or generally pissing off his hoa with his ridiculous hobbies he goes on (laughs) epic and sometimes dangerous adventures with his wife he works in it management he has a furniture fabrication business and he spends an unhealthy amount of time doing stuff on motorcycles god bless you sir amen Chris has that, a penchant That was for, a great intro. Yeah. Well,
0: hey.
5: <laughs> the best ever.
1: There's more. Ish. <laughs> but no, wait, there's but more. wait, there's more. There's <laughs> more. Chris has a penchant for short duration high intensity activities coupled with an extremely low tolerance for boredom, aka he's got real poor impulse control, folks, when it com- particularly when it comes to his cars and bikes and last but not least Chris is the host of Garage 71 Radio on Custom Culture Network. Chris Welcome your bad self back to Driven Radio, dude.
6: It is it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, you guys make me smile uh, every couple of weeks at whatever <laughs> strange interval you feel like releasing podcasts. <laughs> Time is irrelevant. It's twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. as, yeah. as I was mentioning the other day, I was like the. Uh, Do you you remember the the stimulus check uh, era, the Tiger King era of the pandemic? Yeah, it was about seven years ago, wasn't it? It was seven years ago, but it was six months. I mean, a proper (laughs) six months in this. Like time doesn't mean anything. What does it matter? This is the <laughs> whose line is it anyway of calendar? <laughs> I mean, Drew Gregorian. This is
1: this is the truth now. Well, I have just about quit watching news because every time you turn it on, it's like reading the Onion. You can't <laughs> believe.
6: You can't it just make it up. That's the, the I actually like. I've been off Facebook and Reddit, which was way harder for for about three and a half months because I'm like, Jeez. there's no way I'm related to these people, and. <laughs> Like, it's like, what's happening? Well, the gay frogs
0: are coming in with the
6: Bill Gates and the, the 5G. And like, oh my God. I, like, people who legitimately think that, like, there is a global hoax at all at once. It's like, you're just trying to discredit the president. You
1: know, no, I, like I, this. I'll tell you what, I've started using Mad Magazine as a news source, and I find it's about as accurate as anything else.
3: You
6: can't. No, you're not I'm even biased. remotely wrong. So,
3: uh,
6: We're well, well, episodes of Spy vs. Spy that I think have probably nailed this current situation more accurately. Absolutely.
1: So, all of that said, how have you been getting through the shit show that is 2020?
6: <laughs> well... you know what actually it's uh it's not that bad my uh i'm very fortunate in that i have a career that lets me work from home i haven't been back to the office since march um so that's been really lovely and everybody gives me grief at work because i have a radio production studio in my house like i'm not coming to you from our recording booth this is just my office set up right you know my wife is an audiobook narrator so we have a sound booth no kidding is she really Oh, she's magnificent. Um if you guys ever want to geek out on audio stuff, I will tell you about how I like calculated the room size and uh shortened it so that you wouldn't have sympathetic waves when they crossed over. Anyway. Oh, dear. Oh, oh wow. No. You wow. two are going to
0: go Oh, no, no. Off he's so rails. far out from where I am. Yeah, I, I'm the Kregers of the audio world. And the that's Craigers.
6: a, a, just a I, nice, rusty set of yeah. Kregers SS's yeah, yeah, over the middle. With phone. a couple <laughs> of missing
0: center caps. I haven't measured <laughs> Jack. I just glued foam on it and called her done. Uh, oh, I think
6: I have that same Amazon basic foam. Hey, uh, gentlemen, there, wait,
0: take a look around this room, Jack. <laughs> Tell me what you see. So, I
6: see some. I see some egg crate. You yeah, know, got a little of that, bit of yeah. egg crate and, it's and sexy some, it's and some, sexy Harley,
1: some Some Harley decorations and a big neon sign with my name on it. Hell's so. yeah! There I you like go. it.
6: I like it. That's way better than me going by Calvin Klein because that's what's on my underwear. <laughs> 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 I was. It's actually. It's actually been pretty good. Um, haven't really had a chance like. Um, (laughs) forgot to update you guys. I also own a video production company. uh, Oh, I've been (laughs) making a bunch of commercials and videos for like Harley dealers and lawyers and stuff like that. So uh, that's been taking up more of my time than building furniture, but all it really does is just pay for car stuff. So yeah, um, there you go. And that guitar. Right there. Uh, uh-huh. We're going to get, get to one? that.
1: We're going to get. Hey hey, <laughs> hey, 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 oh, oh. hey, hey. hey. Oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I want to get the action figures too. too. Uh, Don't jump the damn gun, yeah, Would you knock it I'm off. Not lie. So, uh, discuss with us, if you will, <laughs> the science of doing stupid things, uh, namely, this rather monstrous build I hear you've got in the works.
6: Well, let me let me preface this by saying that there there are certain personality traits that I just cannot seem to escape about myself. (laughs) For instance, I had to paint my office because I'm building a turbo hearse. And like this makes total sense in my world, but (laughs) to the the lesser uh, ADD people of the world may think, well, that's just crazy. But not me. I completely understand See you get me. You get me. You had me at hello, right? Like, <laughs> we're gonna do this in sign language. Um, the thought being, I was like, okay, I want to do something absolutely properly retarded. And when I say retarded, I'm talking about actually taking timing out and preventing fires. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> Wow, like, good I'm gonna...
6: save.
0: I was like, how oh, the hell am I going to
6: edit that? <laughs> You're not. Just I let did, it fly. I did a talk at work one day, actually. like I was, I was doing a, the advanced uh, compression engine discussion. And I work with a bunch of nerds, right? So like, they want to know the deep science of things. Um, but then I was like, well, this is properly retarded. And the like, oh, gas, I was like, you take 12 degrees of timing out in order to run this fuel. And they're like, what? I like, Yes, you retard timing. That's how that works. So... Um, Wanted to do something properly <laughs> ridiculous. And uh, so we thought, hey, you know what? I've got a giant motor, I've got a giant car, and I'm an idiot. So why don't we uh, <laughs> let's put a turbo on this sucker? Well, if oh we turbo on it, we got to do fuel injection. So for a new fuel injection, we should get an ECU, which bought me a Mega Squirt 3. Uh, well, if I'm going to do a Mega Squirt 3, then I have to have a dashboard. Right, and your standard analog gauges aren't just going to be quite enough. So I need a touchscreen, which then led me to <laughs> building a Raspberry Pi with a seven-inch touchscreen. But then I needed a bezel, so in order to put a bezel in the car, I bought a 3D printer, and I didn't have anywhere to put my 3D printer, so I bought a couple of like tool cabinets and a big bench, and to put my 3D printer on, so I could print the bezel for the screen for the ECU. And so I thought, well. If I don't paint my room now, I'm never going to move this cabinet. So I had to paint my room because I'm building a turbo hearse like that's how my brain this, works
0: this beats your trip to
1: the hardware store winding up with a new serpentine belt all to hell
0: mark you know i take some back roads to go to a place but that was one hell of a ride
3: <laughs>
1: and this is why we
0: keep having him back
1: <laughs> this
0: is exactly why we keep having
1: him
6: back <laughs> yeah. it's like well i'm going to the fridge what are you going to do well i need to build something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all
3: right
6: so the, the ridiculousness the absolutely proper in the science of doing something stupid or what i like to call while you were in the Syndrome. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> basically, so I, I'm now laughing at myself because I realize the absurdity of what I'm about to tell you. Um, so we buy this turbo. Well, we buy a lot of things. It's been in a you know, massing parts for about three years now. So I bought the ECU a couple of years ago. Like I said, Mega Squirt three Pro. It's the goods, right? Sixty pound injectors, this thousand CFM Holly throttle body, a Bulldog aluminum intake, which we were able to uh, machine ourselves. And you know, it's the car is going to make. North of 800 at the flywheel, uh, which, you know, because we, like, ideally if we could hit triple six at the wheels, I'm leaving that tune. Period. <laughs> like, oh, man. This is the devil's power. You know, like some of the fires of hell itself. Um, I just want to see a hearse properly. with wheel tubs in it. Please, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus. <laughs> please, Jesus. You know what? There's one The that one set the record yesterday. It is a chassis hearse with, like, big tire car like not like 28 and a half it's like a proper big tire car big ls motor in it with a giant turbo it went like 90 at 148 miles an hour <laughs> oh my HP. god <laughs>
5: holy moly and yeah. i'm
6: like i got nothing for you son yeah. i'm good <laughs> and it's got a personalized tag on it that says rocket box yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, actually i think it's uh I think it goes on instagram as hall and ash um <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: <that's
6: all. laughs> that makes me so happy i thought it was pretty clever but, but, yeah, I, I it's kind of like, you know, you get out of the pool in the winter, you know, and you're naked, and, you know, Scarlett Johansson's staying there. It's like, I got nothing for you. What, you know, what am I going to do? it like, I mean, looks like an elbow with a thumb sticking out of it. I'm done. You know, like, there's just, I got nothing to handle. Shriveled up like a farm. stack
1: of dimes. Yeah.
6: Stack. We got our 30 cents, brother. Come on.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: Personality's got to go a long way. That's, that's kind of... <laughs> You're not good-looking, you know. Yeah, you can't be handsome, be handy, right? <laughs> so Jesus. that's that's the basics of it. But then, like, this, the science of it becomes... Uh, so I'm a geek by trade. So I like to study everything. I like to understand everything. So... Take big, you know, you don't just take giant, stick my head in it like it's, a, you know, German porn kind of size turbo and put it on a car, <laughs> right? Porn. Cars got force pit or uh, cast pistons from the factory, eight and a half to one, you know, 76cc uh, cylinder heads. That flow like 284 CFM at 600 um, or 0. 0.600 inches of lift, right? And I won't talk about lobe separation and stuff like that. But when you you don't accidentally make 800 horsepower on a no. like, street car. Right. it takes a little bit of effort. So then, you know, you start figuring out. All right, well, I need soap dish pistons, and uh, so if I take the bore up, you know, go ten thou over, then I can run big Chevy stuff, and I can run I beams. And if I take, you know, thirty off the crank, then I can, you know, it'll take me up to five hundred and twelve cubic inches, uh, and it should be good for about twelve hundred horsepower. But then I have to think about uh, thrush on the crank, so you know, girdles, main caps, all that stuff. All of this, and then I have to started. pay my office <laughs> <laughs> because. I don't have a dipstick in the car. Because <laughs> right? yeah, originally is. I was just going to put giant moron turbo on the car. And then I was like, well, I need to put an oil sensor in there because I don't have a dipstick. Cause, and the reason I don't have a dipstick is when we put putting the long tube headers on it broke off. So I just took a piece of brake line and shoved it down in there, but I have actually no idea how much oil is in my car at any given moment. I just wait until the lifters start making noise at a, you know, at a quart and a half, a quart and, and then a half. I'm good. So I was like, well, I got to pull the motor out because you got to put the dipstick in from underneath, which means you have to take the oil pan out. So I got to pull the motor, and I'm thinking, well, the motor's out. I might as well while uh, you're in there. No, while you're in there. Yeah, you're in there. <laughs> yeah. Might as well put a set of I-beams and forced pistons and, you know, like oversized valves and all that stuff. So
1: you just wait for lift or clatter. What do you mean you need to buy another
0: case <laughs> of Rizlone? tick 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 what? <laughs> What's that noise? Well, it's after the, after the third boarding.
6: transmission and the second set of drive shafts, I figure I'm probably doing okay because <laughs> you know, knock on wood, the motor hasn't actually exploded yet. But Oh, my Lord. Um, That's I have the type of luck that, you know, like I have, I had an eighty seven F three fifty with a four sixty in it, and everybody's like, "That thing is a piece of crap." I'm like, "But I love it." Uh-huh. I'm I'm an optimist, and I look at stuff and I say, "I can fix that." God love you, and just money just pours out. like, <laughs> like I have it, and uh, yeah, that that thing put a rod Solve through the everything. pan. Um, yeah, least oh. horsepower thing I've ever blown up in my life. I. Un- <laughs> A 460. An 84 460 makes like 160 horsepower. <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> How do you even break with that much power? I, I could have just snapped the rod by hand or like with my teeth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we going on a journey together, gentlemen. Uh,
1: <laughs> you take a journey. I take a journey. We take a journey <laughs> together. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
6: you, you take the ring this time, Frodo. I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you want it, you got it.
6: <laughs> so, uh, while we're on the
1: topic of uh, of cars and fast stuff, uh, you have some opinions about uh, car stuff on YouTube, and uh, <laughs> what, what is what is good and what is not so good
6: uh, for hot rodding.
1: Let, Can let you combine those, two subjects, please? actually?
6: Um, so, like... There's TV cars shows, and then there's YouTube car shows, and and God bless everybody who's like taken apart this very specific dishwasher and replaced the you know the uh, masticator turbine in it, you know, and like videotaped it. And guys like, well, you got seven number, you know, eight screws in here, so let me get let me get this out. There's some bitch right here, you know, like I love that guy, and I appreciate Uh that he exists. I've never felt so compelled to give back to the world as the guys who fix dishwashers and cars and like, just, I appreciate them, you know, Hey, what's the perfect temperature to smoke this, you know, Duroc pork butt. You know, there's like 700 videos of like <laughs> the perfect rub and like, how do you stoke coals? I mean, it's like just a wonderful thing. Us old bastards. And, uh, I, I feel like we're, we're all relatively the same vintage, um, you know, yeah, my mileage be. may vary, but like oh <laughs> I got the gray, man. I uh every one of these hairs I earned. Oh gray, um,
1: gray bull crap, man. This is white stuff growing out of my chin. I look like I'm on, a I look there, like I'm on my way to Santa Claus training camp.
6: <laughs> I'll be honest, man, you got a bit of a you know you're about to say yum will be there like Michael McDonald's style like, or, <laughs> like I had to put that together. That's <laughs> never
0: leaving you now, you know, Michael. Yeah.
1: It's it's funny how close that is. I got a neighbor right down the street who spent a summer as a roadie for the Doobie Brothers. I would have
6: was skunk <gasps> and everything. He, My God, he,
1: he tells awful Michael McDonald stories.
6: <laughs> that, dude's, that dude is a hero. I don't want to hear anything bad about him. <laughs> <laughs> like, how about this? Let's rephrase it. You, you look like a low rent Gorton's fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very little.
3: <laughs> sorry, sorry.
6: Well, it's like, I, you know, somebody told me this weekend, it's like, you don't actually look like a gender, and I am a proper gender, right? Like, my, my hair's got a little darker over the years, but uh, my shoulders look like I went hunting with Dick Cheney. I'm, like, just <laughs> peppered. And I, I was like, well, I don't have a soul, so each one is like a corpuscle of hate of a soul from <laughs> somebody else. Uh, but... You know i i love the fact that like people will go on youtube and they will just record or whatever main thing that they're thinking of but they're also will you know there's good content out there Mm -hmm. and there's so many great youtube channels right now of like if you're into cars or you're into bikes or you're into stereos or if you're into gaming or like just pick your poison whatever you're into there is a youtube genre for it yep and i have i'm absolutely (laughs) addicted to some of these channels. I mean, like, your, your standards, you know, your Cletus McFarland, you know, you got to get on and, and yep. hell yeah, brother. You know, the, uh, <laughs> off that guy. Wow, that was really close. <laughs> I, I may or may not binge watch those. Um, there's a guy on there, Richard Holdener, uh, who does, uh, like, he literally just builds engines and puts them on a dyno. Like, whatever he's like, I was like, alright, well, this is a 540 inch uh, big Chevy motor. Let's go ahead and slap a set of AFR heads on it and an 871 blower and see what happens. <laughs> I just watch everything this dude does this week this week is Christmas for the Cadillac man
4: because of Richard
6: Holdener. he has five videos in a row he is at the uh, like Flashcraft which is the world's foremost authority on the big block Cadillac and he's beating the shit out of a motor and I'm just like Refresh, refresh, refresh. (laughs) 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 You just keep getting excited, you know, when you you hear somebody's celebrity pictures have leaked and you just go to Reddit and try and find them. Like, that's how I feel (laughs) every day when I'm on YouTube trying to find this. The problem with YouTube, the flip side of this gloriousness of this information sharing superhighway that we have available to us is there's a bunch of a-holes with wrong information. And you could very well build yourself a motor completely out of wrong information. And (laughs) I think those people need to be stopped. Like, if you're (laughs) going to fake news, anybody, you need to stop the people telling you about bad Cadillac oiling systems and stuff like that.
5: (laughs) I only did that once.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. There's manuals out there for a reason. I'm just saying, don't (laughs) trust YouTube to tell you the firing order or like how to torque a set of heads. Just probably a bad idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... I also understand you've got some opinions about car shows on TV. I, I almost shudder to ask. <laughs> well, yeah. um, so I, the, I, a couple very specifically. Uh, care to enlighten us, sir?
6: Yes. And also, I, I meant to mention this. <laughs> it's, it's on Vice, which is also on YouTube. There's a show called Donk Master. And oh, no, mm. yes, no. It is, it is <laughs> oh, superb. No. It is chef guess Like, <laughs> glory. The guy's taking, like, 71 impalos, right? Building these crazy motors for him, putting them on 30-inch rims, putting a lift kit on it so he can fit 30-inch <laughs> well, rims. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Busting people's asses with these cars. like. I, and I timed it one day. I was, like, I was watching one of the videos, and I actually like started the timer. This dude is running, like, mid-nines on these 30-inch rims on these like 5,000 pound cars. And I was like, you have given me hope. (laughs) <laughs> I drive a 7,000-pound car that's about to be making enough power to move Stone Mountain into my yard. <laughs> and, like, I, I'm trying to figure out suspension. I'm trying to figure out, like, rear ends. I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, how do you put a trans brake on that thing? You know, like, how do you launch a 7,000-pound car with a 2,800-stall, you know, converter in it? So I have to find this guy once my car is done because, you know, I got ramps, like, 20s. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going <laughs> to hunt this dude down, and I'm going to be like, yo, donk master, oh, great and wise master of the heavy sled teach me how do you keep from shit exploding <laughs> um, but i i think that car shows fall. you know like the, the tv car shows fall into the same category of i think that survivor ruined the world because whoever the asshole was who came up with the idea of reality television uh should be just you know drawn quartered and then five hours of cardi b like every day <laughs> <laughs>
3: Cause,
6: <laughs> cause you're talking about WAP like weak-ass parts that's you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't like I mean I like some like I like the voice which you know maybe not that you know most car people aren't gonna go oh man I'm into the you know the voice I like watching people sing but I'm a musician so you know I kind of you know I like to see people succeed but like the car shows on like the history channel and discovery and stuff like that they are 95% fetid garbage because you know it's like gas monkey garage right gas monkey I actually I watch all of them right like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely one of those guys who's like oh a car show you know it doesn't matter what it is it's right. like yeah. counting cars or this other car shop yeah, building just throw the remote
1: in. away I found it yeah yeah <laughs>
6: Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I have been known to sit there. Like I, I miss the Saturdays, like when you when you were a kid, you watched like the Hanna Barbera Saturday morning cartoons all yep. day. Yeah. And then yep. as we got older, like there was like trucks and stuff like that on Saturday morning, like car shows. You could like start at seven in the morning until about noon and just watch all like chasing classic cars and Stacy David oh, on yeah. trucks. And you yeah, could you just know. watch great car TV. And but you was, watch like, and you watch you know,
1: Stacey St- David and you think, How does he never skin a knuckle? That's not right.
6: <laughs> How does he not get dirty? Like, you, you pull a car from a mud pit. Like, you literally, you know, excavated this thing from the soil of the earth and is like, yeah, we're just going to take this off real quick. We're going to put 10 quarts of synthetic, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, I just want his bench. Frankly, like, it's, just, <laughs> it's not that he has an unlimited budget. I just think he has one of those magical wallets where, like, every time you reach in, you just pull out the exact amount of money that's necessary for whatever it is. So, you know, he'll go over and take something that's like, oh, well, this is a Dana sixty rear end, and you know, and then he'll go to the bench, and there's just miraculously parts. Like, I need that? You know, if, if there's a Robin Williams genie that will deliver Cadillac parts, please, I'll rub that lamp. I'll, I'll rub it, you know, like in an inappropriate way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it Whatever is to it find takes. a set of rocker arms for a big block Cadillac. I mean, just saying, you know, I'm proud. You
0: know, <laughs> An enthusiastic
6: candy behind a dumpster is a is a real thing.
0: <laughs> no. please let there be smoke.
6: <laughs> Did you rub my lamp? Did you bring me here? <laughs>
0: Did you? <laughs> Did you? Bring... <laughs>
6: So you watch, you watch some of these shows and Gas Monkey Raj is probably the one that comes to mind the most because it's, you know, here's unreasonable timeline on some piece of crap with some limited amount of budget and beer assistant, yada, yada. And then somehow, some way a car appears at the end of it. And I I also think it's like, this dude has enough fame at this point in his life. Like, how do you show up at somebody's house to buy a car from them and they don't know that you're Richard Rollins? Yeah, no kidding. Right. And that that show kind of went downhill for me when Aaron Kaufman left because I felt that he was kind of a mad genius of like he had had certain style that I, I really appreciated. But then the flip side of that is the car show that I watch every episode from beginning to end, Bitchin' Rides, because it lacks all of the drama of every other freaking car show out there about like, you know, hey, we just bought this car that we rescued from the bottom of a lake. Here's $7 and you have 18 hours to put it in a SEMA show. You know, because that's how these shows work.
5: Yep. We're going on a budget 25 cents. Uh, <laughs>
6: naked block and afraid is kind of like how that show should be. <laughs> if we don't finish this in three days, we're going to lose the shot. <laughs>
3: yeah.
6: <laughs> Oh, and, and, wow. You know, uh, Orange County Choppers, right? Like kind of oh, yeah, the same yeah. Yeah. thing. Or like, you know, Jesse James with his mania. Uh, like it's just, like these are great craftsmen. I mean, I do not take anything away from them. I just think that it's boring as TV. Um, we were actually, funny enough, we were reached out to buy a company uh, that wanted to talk to me about doing a like a, a show about flipping hearses. And uh, they're like, can you do us a demo reel? I was like, yeah, I can do you a demo reel. And then like the more I thought about it, I was like, I'm not doing this. Like I, no, I feel dirty. I would be everything that I hate, and like I'm a simple man. You know, like every man has his price. Mine's pretty well fixed. Like I, I, I got no problems admitting I'm that. Steve but they like <laughs> They would have to talk about strong cash before I would be like, you know, what? I'm just gonna go buy my friends' cars, change a fan belt, and sell it back to them on on camera. Like, this is boring on TV.
0: Earl Shiebet and you're all good. <laughs> wow.
6: Okay. <laughs> Earl Scheib paint job. That's one I haven't heard in a minute.
1: I can sell that hearse for ninety nine ninety five. Right.
3: <laughs> oh my
6: god. Hey, y'all must be in the Midwest. We're they were one forty nine, man.
3: <laughs> paint, paint's way more expensive there.
6: out here because it means something.
3: <laughs>
0: it means fifty dollars more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: So yeah, there you go. There's there's my, my take on on TV shows. I just I cannot stand manufactured drama, and I, I think that most of these guys are basically pikers. Uh, but I, I really do borderline man crush on uh, Ken Dig. Like that guy's just he's vision. He has just so much vision, and the guys he's got working for him, best craftsman I've seen. I mean, just from a pure hot rod standpoint, the guy loves cars. You know, like he's out Good. there and he's like, oh, VW, like he's in a but then he builds like the nicest Cadillac ever created. <laughs> but then somebody drives by in like a 70 window, you know, bus or something. And he's like, I have <laughs> to have it, you know, <laughs> All
1: now, Mark. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm Are listening. you ready? I listen. You have something Mark is going to fully geek out on and it's right behind you. It's in the shot. Uh, tell us about your new guitar.
6: Oh, oh, man. I'm I'll glad try to talk to contain about this yourself. one. Um, so, what? Uh, I, I don't know if you guys can, you know. For those listening, you're not going to be able to see this, but envision, if you will. Like, take it, you know, dig, if you will, this picture in the immortal words of Prince, right? Um, for <laughs> those who don't know who Brian Setzer is, turn off your car. Stop. Whatever you're doing. Like, if you don't so, know who Brian Setzer is, I'm guessing is, this starts stop. with a G.
0: And learn yourself yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, just avail yourself
6: of, of anything that has anything to do with cars or being awesome. Um, like, leave just leave if you don't like Brian Setzer <laughs> that means you probably don't like Elvis and if you don't like Elvis that makes you a Beatles man which probably makes you a communist by definition <laughs> so <laughs>
0: God, it's like it's like you reached in my, into my soul and found my entire meaning right there. Yeah. Holy shit! Well, there's was a scene amazing. in *Pulp
6: Fiction* where she, you know she talks about uh, Mia Wallace. I, it was actually cut from the movie, but it was on the end of the DVD. Um, where she's like, "Look, there's two types of people. You're an Elvis man or you're a Beatles man. You can like both, but which one are you? Obviously, uh, Vinnie Vega was a uh, you know an Elvis man, and I am an Elvis man <laughs> because you know the Pompadour, right? There you go. Of uh, course, good-looking Mal- man, Mr. Elvis Presley." Great hair. Not as good as Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan had some fine (laughs) hair. So, Brian Setzer, right? Brian Setzer is one of my three favorite guitarists in the entire world. So, if you, you know, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd, and then Brian Setzer. Brian Setzer is, uh, for modern rockabilly, the absolute king. You know, all rockabilly can be traced back to um, Scotty Moore playing on That's All Right Mama by Elvis. But, like, love me some Brian Setzer. New take on it. Stray Cats. Love it. Love it. Um, I have had my my heart set on my favorite color. You guys have seen my car. It's a dark metallic green. It's actually, at this point, it's just pure patina that was once green. But like, <laughs> yeah, green, green is my favorite color. Yeah. And specifically, my favorite color in the entire world is Bass Boat Metal Flake Green. Like, you can take anything, paint it Bass Boat Metal Flake Green, and I will make you an offer on it. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> it's like, what do you have here? Well, this is a Honda Civic. I'm not buying a Honda Civic. while well, it's Bass Boat Green. I'll buy it. Ooh, you know. <laughs> See previous statement of I'm an idiot. So every decision I make starts with that premise. I am also a, I'm definitely a rockabilly guy. I've got a few Gretsch guitars and uh, you know, it's that Gretsch sound. You know, if you're into mm-hmm. guitars, it, you're either into the Gibsons, um, you know, the the three thirties or you're into a Gretsch with a Bigsby on it. And I've got a, I bought a, a Gretsch 5120 a long time ago, a black one. I pinstriped it. Brian Setzer and Jim Heath, from the Rev. Horton Heath both signed that guitar over the years. And it, it's one of my most prized possessions. Oh, man. That's and too cool. For years and years and years, I've, I've told my wife, I've told everybody who will listen because, you know, I I'm the t- I don't know strangers. You know, like I, I've made friends in bank lines, literally. Um, <laughs> so anybody that'll listen to be like, hey, someday I'm going to buy myself a Brian Setzer Hot Rod and Green Sparkle Metal Flake, you know, just a big fat ass bass boat Metal Flake. They are. Freaking expensive, man. <laughs> like, I was like, there's. Oops. I've been. I've just kind of been waiting, you know. Like, I, I don't mind spending, you know, some money, but like, when in, the number suddenly has a comma in it, like, I, that takes pause, mm-hmm. you know. Like, everybody has their threshold, you know, like what you consider just kind of bullshit money. And, you know, my wife and I each have many jobs, you know, like West Indians from like the uh, uh, Living Color skits, you know, uh, like, you got nine jobs, you, you, you got lazy, nine jobs, you, mom. Harder, you know. Um, Like, you know, she's got three jobs. I have three jobs, you know, with corporations around all of them. And I still couldn't justify buying (laughs) one of the guitars. And then most of the time, they just sit there and collect dust. Uh, A friend of mine hits me up one day. He goes, dude, you're not going to believe this. Brian Setzer is selling off half of his collection of guitars. I, I said, oh, what? <laughs> Keep so I, I, I went to my credit card provider. I was like, well, what is my available credit? <laughs> and uh, I've set it on my calendar. Uh, I denied some meetings at work so I could know the moment that they went on sale. And I set the refresh, refresh, refresh. And they went on sale. And I swear to you, the first guitar that went up was no. the sparkly green hot rod. Right? It's a 2014 sparkly green Gretsch. I bought that mother and like you couldn't like, there was no question. There was no decision making. It was just, and it went cheaper than I was expecting, like a lot cheaper than I was expecting. It was a little, just 10% more than a brand new one. Right. And the description says, you know, comes with the case, no scratches, has some sweat stains on it. And I thought, Holy you girl. know, I may be a weird bastard, but I'm not gonna like lick Brian Swetzer's sweat off my guitar, but, but I'm never cleaning the damn thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's Brian's DNA. <laughs> I bought that too. I got I'm a, a piece of another him. one. That's the key. That's
6: <laughs> a, and, I'm gonna make myself a little mini setzer, you know. <laughs> so buy the guitar, it arrives like two days later, and uh I open the case and there's you know a certificate of authenticity in there that this guitar was owned by Brian Setzer. This was one of his guitars. Uh, so I pulled the serial number up on it and um, got to geek out on you for a second. But like the 2015 model of the Setzer Hot Rod has uh, TV Jones pickups in it, which have a Brian Setzer signature on it, and the 2014s have a metal plate on the headstock. So there's a slight difference to the radius of the the frets, the paint's slightly different, and the pickups are different between the 2014 and 2015. Mine is a 2014. The serial number says it was built in March of 2014, and it has serial number 0002. Oh. Uh, Gretsch reserves one through 100 for prototypes and one-offs. So I emailed Gretsch. They said, I can't help you. I emailed TV Jones. They're like, well, let's see what we can do. You need to talk to this guy. I talked to this guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, that is the prototype that Brian approved for the paint color. So oh. it is the, <laughs> the first one that was painted in that color, and it went on tour with him. And so he played that guitar on the 2015 tour and then put it back in his collection. And I bought it. So, it. Is
1: your wife upset she no longer gets to sleep in bed with you? I, I went the, to the couch. The, the guitar has um, taken her place.
6: It was it was funny when I took it out of the case, though, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm staring at it. And I'm just overcome. And I go to play it. and I'm like, I forgot how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so I, I hand it to her. I'm like, "Do you want? Do you want to hold it?" And she holds it out like me when somebody hold hands me a baby. You know, like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to do. I don't have children. I don't, get this little, sp- little brat away from me. And she's like, "I don't want to hurt it." So, uh, yeah. First thing we did is we added it to my insurance writer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm it's
1: just. I'm it's picturing beautiful. you opening the case. And the light like out of the briefcase if, oh. and pulp fiction is coming out of
6: it. Oh hell, it's where like it was, Indiana Jones is a little more like um it's when beautiful. they open the arc in uh yeah. In the Raiders. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, don't look
0: directly at it
6: close your eyes while he plays Yeah,
1: opening the arc in Raiders or opening the trunk on the Malibu in Repo Man
6: oh my god that is a strong reference my god that's wonderful thank you for that he's similar vintage it has to be because you know these young folks they don't get it with the
1: they don't understand
0: Uh, you
1: know we've had you on a few times before and my favorite question in any interview is always what the dumbest thing you've done in a car but you've already told us a lot of the dumbest things you've already you've done oh, in no. cars
6: No, i have <laughs> oh, wait, a by a long shot <laughs> but, I, but i got a really specific preserved. one in Challenge mind this accepted. time uh, uh, what you got what you got uh,
1: rather than going back to the well a third time why don't you tell <laughs> us the story of joel the mad fabricator buying a buick from you and then putting it on a trailer
6: all right so as all of my stories do, there's a little bit of a backstory. You know, it's a series of unfortunate events that <laughs> arrives at anything, right? Uh, had a 97 Cobra, you know, nice mid-12, you know, high 12-second car on street car, on street tires, right? Really mm-hmm. dead nuts on the street. Had 430s, had everything that you could put on one that was without cracking the uh, the motor open. Had a, uh, a bit of a electrical problem, so every couple of days, the battery would be completely dead on it. And uh, I worked in downtown Atlanta. I live in the sticks, So it's 48 miles door to door to the office and a car that gets 12 to 14 miles to the gallon because of four thirties and a TKO 500 and a spec stage three clutch. You know, at one point, literally one, my calf on my left leg was bigger than the one on my right. (laughs) And my seat, this, I'm not kidding. This isn't even a joke. My seat was bent. From pushing in the clutch, because you'd have to bury your shoulder into the clutch to push or into the seat to push into the clutch, or mm-hmm. you just slide out of the seat, right? That kind of clutch, very binary experience. One day, I decided I've had enough of this car. I've had a lot of fun with it. It's wonderful, but I'm just done. And uh, so I sold the car, and I bought a 51 Buick Roadmaster.
0: There you There you go.
6: And a Corolla. I, I hate to admit oh. that. The like, uh, <laughs> Corolla. I was in a <laughs> job interview once. They're like, "Do you have any regrets?" He I was found, like, "Yeah, I bought a Corolla." Once. <laughs> he bought <laughs> the Corolla in the trunk. The, of the, the Corolla was in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a what a terrible terrible thing. Uh, it did everything it was supposed to do. It just none of the things it's supposed to do are good. <laughs> so um, I buy this fifty-one Roadmaster. Uh, we're actually in Viva Las Vegas. My wife and I are out there. We used to go every single year to the big rockabilly weekender. And I'm seeing just these the biggest, most beautiful car show you've ever seen. Nothing out there's later than a '64, and mm. you got the guys coming out from you know uh, California bringing their their stuff, and you've got people from all over the world bringing these crazy hot rods. And I am just like, I need one. I need a big sled. I got to come up with something interesting. Uh, my friend Jeremy was car was house sitting for us, so I found a car on Craigslist. I'm like, Jeremy, go into the kitchen, under the cabinet with the blender, uh, look in this box. There's about three thousand bucks. Take it. Go buy this car. <laughs> And uh, so, Jeremy, being the good friend that he is, he literally, literally just goes and grabs, because he's a car guy, too, you know, like, if anybody said that to me, I would do the exact same thing. If I have the means, I'll just go get it. 51 Buick Roadmaster, straight eight, uh, you know, torque flight transmission, giant car. I mean, it's hard to imagine a car, can, like, look the same size as my hearse in the garage, but. This thing did. <laughs> I had a car for a couple of years, uh, you know. Put floor pans and it, got it running, that kind of stuff. But I just never fell in love with it. You know, it's just one of those cars that you, you, you know, it seems like something you'd really like, but the wheelbase on it was weird. Like the the wheels just sat too far in, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like doing a full chassis on it, and it just never. We never connected. So, Joel, who's one of my best friends, and like when I say the mad fabricator. Jesus Christ, man, you, you you talk to him and you can just watch his eyes dart around like he's creating and then reading a blueprint at the same time and anything. The car he's building simultaneously at our shop with the ridiculous hearse build makes my car look sane and like a really good idea. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a Volkswagen. Like it's a Jetta, right? But it's going to be like a 600 horsepower rear wheel drive Jetta with an independent 8.8 in it. It's like the knuckles he built are out of a Passat with Audi A4 bearings with BMW hubs in them, a Z4 transmission, Porsche mid shafts. I mean, like, that's just the rear end. <laughs> oh my god mad fabricator right so um i was uh, talking to joel you know we're, we're sitting in the driveway having some coal beers and as you <laughs> do and uh, i was like man i i don't like this car but he's like oh, i'll buy it from him i don't know what's a, what's a good price he goes you know what, how about this let me let me trade you some shit i was like okay i like that even better <laughs> you know um so, he ends up trading me an upright base and a cabinet for this 51 Buick Roadmaster that has not seen the road since Nixon, right? And <laughs> so, the car sits for a couple of weeks in my driveway or, you know, in the garage. And uh, he probably just shows up with this, like, lawn trailer. Not a lawn trailer, but something you haul a bobcat with. It's not really a car trailer. Oh, no. <laughs> and the car does not run, right? This is an important detail that I have to keep mentioning. This six-volt negative ground or positive ground car does not run. And it also has the worst brakes of anything. Like if you've ever ridden a bicycle with wet pads, like it's like that. (laughs) So, And the seats are out of it, right? The the seats are in the basement and, you know, I've welded in a floor pan, but like, so we, we push the car out into the street and Joel just jumps in it with a spare tire out of his truck uh, as the seat and just, Rolls this thing at like 20 something miles an hour down the street, hits the perfect line up the trailer, oh, oh no. creates a little bit of air as it arcs, and then just lands perfectly on this Bobcat trailer. And I think to myself, I was like, man, you know what? Sketchy setups get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> new motivational meme (laughs) well the rules at our shop right like we have priorities it's you know speed first you know uh, look second safety third so um, we definitely achieved speed that day and uh, it looked crazy so there you go not the dumbest thing I've done in a car but not even the top 30 of Joel's craziest things but it was one of the dumber things we did together
1: Nice. that's beautiful I love it (laughs) Oh man, we've been speaking with Chris DeGanchi, my favorite. (laughs) madman <laughs> of the hearse world. Oh my goodness. Uh, you, can, you can find Chris online. All of the links can be found at readthedriven.com. He is the founder of the Dead Ends Hearse Club and one of the founding members of the National Hearst and Ambulance Association. You can also hear him every Thursday at 8pm Eastern Standard Time on Garage 71 Radio at www.garage71.com You can also find him on YouTube at The Rocket Billy Arts. We'll have all of the social media links for Chris on readthedriven.com. Chris, always a pleasure. Can't wait yeah, to absolutely. have you back on. Thank you, sir. And uh, just keep on doing all the cool stuff that you do. Uh, you, I, get, you give the rest of us
6: hope, young man. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. You. Uh, I, I feel like collectively we're keeping rock and roll alive. So, you know, but, One I, smooth Yacht Rock Jam at a time,
1: my bad. By God, brother. <laughs> by God. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate See it. you, guys. <laughs> Our special guest this week is Jason Kamisa. I have chased Jason for an interview longer than I've chased anybody else since we started doing this show. The show's three and a half years old. I've been chasing him for three years this week. <laughs> Mama told me not to put out.
4: (laughs) Congratulations,
5: Mr. You should have listened
0: harder. (laughs) (laughs) It's not (laughs) stalking. It's consistent appreciation.
3: And I I appreciate that. There you go.
1: Jason may be the most known and respected American automotive journalist, but he's unquestionably the most brutal in his honesty. His reviews aren't opinion pieces, however, they're framed around deep technical knowledge, which he then regurgitates to his audience in plain English, with an equal dose of comedy. His award-winning two-decade career has earned him senior and technical editor positions at several uh, major U.S. car magazines, hundreds of millions of views on YouTube, and a large and fervent social media following he currently creates high quality automotive content on youtube for Haggerty. i will absolutely agree with that yep. that is in fact it was me slobbering all over jason finally got him on the show <laughs> that is when he's not finally working. got a
4: shower <laughs> <laughs> got
3: slobber.
1: yeah well was, hey i sent you some soap uh that's what he does when he's not working on his own personal fleet of classic broken cars god that sounds familiar jason welcome to driven radio
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Um, you and I have the same problem with the fleet of classic broken cars. Uh, I, so I, your cars
4: hate you too, huh? Um,
1: yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Vlad the Impala gives me the F-toe every time I walk into the warehouse. It so. really
5: does.
0: It's like no clutch for you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or, I don't feel like it. Or you drive it around town for two thing.
1: hours and then you try to get out and you can't because it's worn out your left butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Truth.
0: Yeah. Oh, you wanted a clutch? I'll give you a clutch. There you go,
1: mister. Mm-hmm. Uh, you recently did something that I did er- earlier this year. You just finished a cross-country drive. Um I'm certain you've got some observations and thoughts on the American driving experience. Uh, <laughs> what do you think,
4: Mister? We suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. That's there the is, nicest way um, you can say it, really. Yeah. What do we? T- how many? How many f bombs am I allowed to throw in one sentence before we get kicked off? Just um, let her rip. We'll
0: uh, we'll take care of it shit. after. I mean, fix it in the mix.
4: Yeah. I mean, I have. A, I grew up with an, a really bad combination of driving tactics driving sort of environments my parents i grew up in new york my oh. parents are both like brooklyn italian nut jobs in a rush <laughs> at all times and so you know in new york everyone's quick 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 move 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 and then at 15 i moved to germany and so then i sort of i you combine the new york urgency with the German ability to always follow the rules, except the speed limits, because Germans ignore those too. And I have this thing where I want everyone the fuck out of my way, but follow <laughs> the rules. And that seems to be incompatible with the American driving style. Like, just get the fuck over. That is that, there is one driving lane, and everything else is a passing lane. And I'm mm-hmm. the only person in the world who seems in this country, who seems to know this yeah. or believe in it. Uh, no, there, there are others, but we are few and far between. Yes. no. I know, but I, had to, I was with my 18-year-old nephew and I had to behave, so I, I have to sort of straddle the line between setting a good example, i.e. not throwing beer bottles out the window at the cops, um, <laughs> and, and then also trying to expedite the process of him learning like, okay, there's a happy medium between me trying to explain expect everyone to drive like germans and then that dumbass with no lights on in the left lane and a nissan because you know he was getting a suntan from the gauges that are all lit up even though he's got not a single light on the, <laughs> on the exterior of his car there's a happy medium somewhere in between there and i'm kind of hoping he hits that <laughs> what is it with nissans i mean it's not just i don't know i was gonna ask i was gonna ask what the hell are they all it is it's all mostly almost. I mean, it, it is it, it is a, a a problem in the entire industry. And I'll, I'll, joking aside, a problem in the entire industry is that modern cars have electroluminescent and backlit gauges that are lit up all the time. Mm-hmm. And many cars, mostly Japanese cars, will light up the center stack and the whole dashboard and dim them down to your normal level. Without having any way of telling you that you don't have a single fucking light on anywhere on the outside of the car, so, I mean, ten years ago, older Nissans and older you know Toyota products would have just the dash on it full brightness. So when you once you started to get skin cancer from that, you could realize, oh, maybe I should turn my lights on and they'll dim down. The new ones just are like, oh, it's dark, so you should have all the lights on and they should be dim normally, and you have no way of telling. And my unofficial. Studies have shown that somewhere between three and five percent of cars on the road at night have no lights on at all, and they're almost all Asian. This um, is
1: this is Asian for cars. all of you. This is the advantage of driving a mid-year Corvette. You can see if the damn headlights are up.
4: Oh. I mean, yeah, seriously. Uh, this is something that just didn't happen, by the way, in any car 20 years ago or no. 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because if you couldn't see the lighter to light your joint, you you <laughs> knew your headlights weren't on.
0: <laughs> Um, now, I will say, down in uh, southern Missouri, I spent a month uh, down there uh, a little, just a little bit ago, and there were a number of vehicles that did drive around without headlights on. But most of them were Dodge Neons or Chevy Cobalts. And so probably okay, just those just people are dead inside. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they're like, America, I could <laughs> no, die here Merc, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
4: I mean, Canada. Thank Canada just passed a law last month uh, that now requires. that, exterior illumination be on if there are in, in, any interior illumination
0: on. Well, that's kind of Canada. sense. Is it the sun up in Canada for like six months or something? Isn't that, isn't that right? Oh, yeah.
4: It's Anything? one minute a day for six months. Then not for, yeah, six
0: months. <laughs> Fair enough.
4: <laughs> hey, you
1: want light? Go watch hockey. Yeah.
5: <laughs> there you go. Well, see, the Germans must have it right then because I have a Volkswagen that the lights are on all the time in the in the, in the the gauge cluster. But when it, if I don't have my headlights on and it starts to get dark, they actually dim them so you can't see them and makes you put the then, lights on.
4: Yeah, somebody really thought about that.
5: They mm. will make um, you put I, your lights I, on.
4: Yeah, well, yeah. Ger-
1: suggests oh. that
0: you
4: are putting some on.
1: German engineers are big, uh, big believers in Schadenfreude. Yeah, yeah,
4: <laughs> but if, it, but if there's no camera to catch it, there's no schadenfreude. Uh, <laughs> it's just, there's yeah. just Schaden. It, no, if, we, don't it, don't. if we if we make you
1: uncomfortable enough, you'll do the right thing. You're angry,
0: right? and you love your mother too much. Schadenfreude.
1: <laughs> 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 nice. Uh, in our brief email, uh, <laughs> you got him. In our brief email conversation, you mentioned that you thought uh, modern cars should be better. Uh, mm. Expound on that a little bit, if you would. What What isn't happening that you think should be, or what are manufacturers not doing that they should be?
4: Fun. Um, I think, I think <laughs> that cars are, from a from an engineering perspective, if you put your spectacles on and you put your little glasses there, from, from an engineering and an objective perspective, measure they're better than ever meaning they're more reliable they're more efficient they tend to be quicker they do a lot of things better but uh in none of those sort of spreadsheets where they've where they're gauging how good the car is did anyone bother to put in a a a field for fun and I think modern cars are getting better and better but less and less fun um Corey you you said you have a VW right Mm -hmm. I have a Mark 7 also um they are Wonderful cars, but if you get out of a Mark Seven and into a Mark Five, which was basically the the previous chassis of the car, it's night and day fun. The older cars are ten times more fun, and I also have two Mark One Volkswagens. And if you sort of plot out the fun factor, it's gone from absolute hysteria, nonstop laughter, to very serious, capable car, and that's a good thing for the for most of us. Not in the case of a GTI, though, right? I mean, I want a GTI to be fun. And the Mark 8 is the least fun of them all. Um, (laughs) It's the most serious, but it's the least fun. And I think that mirrors basically every other car on the road. 3 Series BMW, all of the other icons. Um, With few exceptions, cars are just fucking boring. They're really fast, but really boring.
5: How do you feel about the 987 Cayman S?
4: The 987 Cayman S still had the six-cylinder, so I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. Uh, it still had hydraulic steering, so I'm fine with it. Um, that's a really great car. Ruined, if I had to say why it was ruined and why it's not perfect, by long gearing. Um, that's long since been a Porsche problem that, uh, you know, second gear will get you at 85 miles an hour, and so you just don't get to hear the magnif- magnificent noise of that of that engine or interact with that unbelievable shifter, or all the rest of the stuff, as much as you should. Um, but there are 986s, 987s are just a joy to drive at normal speeds where once you transition to a 981, for example, electric power steering and more isolation, they're just boring until you're beating the shit out of it and then you go to jail. <laughs> I mean, the, the reality is capability has gone up and up and up and up and up. But our speed limits have gone down and and cops uh, acceptance of our fuckery has also gone down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I used to do you know, shit. 20 years ago that you can't do now, or you will be shot at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, so why are the cars getting faster? The, the cars are bored. They're so capable that they're bored. So more, more so fun to
1: drive a slow car fast than a fast car
4: slow. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And see, this is why I keep driving old crap.
4: <laughs> Good. Keep doing it. Somebody has got to destroy the environment.
0: Uh d- <laughs> I won't let the dinosaurs die in vain, as God yes. is my witness. Yeah. my my
1: cross country trip this summer in uh, May, I bought a '65 Corvette ragtop in Sacramento and drove it from uh, went down to Monterey and goofed off for a couple days, and then drove it from Monterey to Kansas City, across uh, Nevada and Utah.
4: And uh, yeah, I did that my explains that hole in the ozone layer. Thank uh-huh. God. That, well, that's You're... probably why we're having tornadoes here now. It's all my fault. <laughs> yep, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm bringing in the whole environmental thing because I know what your next questions or one of the other questions going to be. So I'm just. Yeah, just yeah, no, sure. uh, well, teeing it up. I'm ten- ten, I'm ten ten it up. Uh, don't okay. worry about it.
1: You're not going <laughs> to offend any EV lovers here. So, uh, mm-hmm. oh, wait.
4: Oh, you just wait. That sounds like a challenge.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Challenge accepted. <laughs> the the three cars Ooh, I drive the big. most, Jason, are a 60 Corvette, a 65 Corvette, and a 61 Impala with a 409. No, you're not. No, no EV fans here. Uh, in the news segment tonight, we discuss an article Jack Baruth wrote for Haggardly last week, and I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Jack put into words what I've long thought about EVs. And I'm wondering what are your thoughts
4: on EVs and the future of enthusiast cars? Okay. So you sent me that quote and I had to laugh, um, <laughs> because obviously Jack and I both work for Hagerty. Yeah. Um, I have eight cars, seven of which are manual transmission horribly gross polluting oh i have for the so much more respect for you now <laughs> oh yeah they're horrible i mean cat what i live in california of course i have a catalytic converter in my car they all pass my- <laughs> uh the one thing you might not know is that my eighth car is dun, 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 an ev, an EV. Would, um, which one it? that's the e-golf so my mark 7 golf oh, is an electric golf um that's another I have reason it's
5: a- horrible Mine. mine's a GTI. i think <laughs>
4: So thank God. I mean, good for you. Uh, let yeah. me say one thing. Once you live with an EV, there is no going back. Really? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I drove it today because I was in traffic and I got a, I have one of those little stickers that allows me to pass to everyone going like, you know, giving them the finger yep. in the in HOV the lane. Um, I wanted my eighth car to be something that I don't have to warm up. Uh, I hit the little button. It turns on. It says ready. I put it in gear and I lay tire right the fuck out of my driver. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no warm up period. There's no oil changes. There's no maintenance. There's no anything else. Um, there's also no stopping at gas stations. And so, I mean, about half of my da- around town miles happen in the EV. Yeah. Um, and I really, genuinely won't ever go back. I've thought. I mean, I basically just found out that a friend of mine got offered three times what I paid for my e golf uh, for hers. And I thought, and I have wow. a third of the miles. And I thought, oh my god, I can make like serious money on this car. But then you have. To but no way. Them. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I, EVs, again, it's one of these things you have to live with it. You have to, you have to, day in and day out interact with one to understand why the benefits can ding 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 asterisk not necessarily do can outweigh internal combustion engines. Um, I will never have an automatic. I don't like automatics, I don't like waiting for gear changes, I don't like the idea of a fucking torque converter, it's the stupidest thing in the world. Um, I also am not going to have any sort of automated manual because, frankly, they all suck. Um, and so, except for Porsche stuff, Porsche's PDK is really good. Um, but I, I, if I'm going to interact with an internal combustion engine, I want to interact with it. I don't want a torque request pedal that, that says he wants this much torque and have the computer figure out what gear and, you know, what throttle opening, whatever, I want to do it. Um, EVs aren't automatics. There's no gear changes to be had, and this stupid e Golf that does zero to sixty in eight point four seconds is so much faster in the real world than my Lotus Elise with a supercharger on it um, that does <laughs> zero to sixty in 4.2 That I just can't, I can't stop driving it through town like a complete asshole. Uh,
5: I've I've said before,
4: <laughs> he's an honest man. I, I've, <laughs> I've I've <Mr>. said before
1: <laughs> that if I could get uh, a Model S Plaid for a reasonable price. It makes sense because 95% of your driving is in town. You're not going very far. And, you know, you never have to gas it up. That said, you know, since May, I've been driving that stupid, that 65 Corvette. And mm-hmm. that thing gets no miles per gallon and pollutes everything. Every time you get out of it, you smell like exhaust. You just can't avoid it. It's mm-hmm. got a side pipe two feet from your head. And I I wouldn't trade the summer I had with that thing for anything.
4: Good. Good. Here's look, here's the reality of it. We are the exception. We're the car guys, right? I mean, yeah. okay, sure. I drive an EV every day, whatever. It's easier. I mean, I have a grocery store that is a quarter mile from my house. I can't in good conscience fire up one of my old cars and drive it a quarter of a mile and not think about the horrible shit I'm putting in the oil. Oh my God, there's content. content I gotta worry about this. Now I gotta go on a 40 mile drive to just warm the oil up. I just, I, I couldn't bear that. The reality though is for for the general transportation needs of the general public, let them go electric. Leave me the gas to burn at nine thousand RPM. Like you guys go. <laughs> there is no reason for any of these housewives in Priuses. I'm, so, I'm so, that's sort of my geographic area. It's just every everybody drives a Prius. You want them? Yeah. There's no reason for them to be burning gas at all. Um, they're driving two miles a day. They're sort of it's sort of suburban and urban environment here where distances aren't far. We don't have really cold winters. EVs are the better solution for them. Which leaves more gas for me to burn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like his confidence. Um, you know, well, I, I want my EVs to look really screwball. Like uh, Mesher Schmidt is putting back out that that little one-seater. That's the three-wheeled one-seater, and it's just dumb as hell looking. And it, it's like it's a Disney knockoff vehicle, and I freaking love it. You're gonna have that to forgive Mark, though. He also likes
1: the. Uh, the aircraft carrier length Mopars from the late Hell 60s
4: yeah. and early 70s.
0: I would be able to put I mean, this on as my hood ornament. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would your, be your damn dinghy. proud of it. You, you're darn right.
4: <laughs> Throwing in the trunk is a dinghy. Look, I mean, you know, you, Mark, her Clue, like all the, the traditional car companies who think EVs have to look like fucking dumb. I mean, look yeah. at a Leaf. Look at, I mean, look at all Leaf isn't
0: adventurous enough, though. It's like, okay, here's a lump. I'm going to make this rock into a car. And no, give me something with some lines and some humps on it that's dumb as, uh, dumb as heck, but still. <laughs> I really think shit's going to be okay, all right? Are you going to get away with that, Mark? I think so on this show. With, you, uh, you
1: may as well give up on this one.
4: We don't have enough car horn bleeps to or make Or dumb it as scheisse. There we go.
0: All better. Yeah, theme a party.
4: To, but until but you upload those. to Germany. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't understand why, like, Mercedes, you know, Mercedes styling and Volkswagen said the German car company styling has always been very traditional, yeah. very simple, very almost Italian in its, in its lack of BS. And now all of a sudden with every time a German car company comes out with a with an electric car, they make it look like a caricature of itself. <laughs> the fuck is that about? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to keep dropping bombs now. <laughs> that I have head, no. it. Fuckity, fuck it, fuck. They're, they're angry, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want an electric car? Yeah, okay, hey, but look at this. What
4: the hell is it? You don't have an electric It's fuck off. It's stupid. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's stupid, yeah. <laughs> this is not going to be able to do 300 kilometers an hour on uh, the autobahn uh, for 10 hours straight, so therefore we make it look stupid.
0: Jesus, they're buying it, too. What are we going to do now? But
1: certainly there are some bright spots in the uh, collector car world or the enthusiast car world.
4: There are huge bikes. I mean, first of all, if you own a whole bunch of cars right now, we're doing really well because values are going through the roof. Why? Yes. Because modern cars suck. If modern cars <laughs> didn't suck that bad, our old shit wouldn't be worth a fortune. Right? That's my... That's my
0: <laughs> it's pretty my accurate. Yeah, you're not economic wrong.
4: Economic evaluation, Jason style. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why all the old stuff is getting getting really expensive. And the classic car market is on
0: fire.
1: It's and it awesome. has been. It has been for the longest time. You know, uh, my other job is I'm a senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market. So I've been going to all the auctions. I've been seeing all the weird stuff that's selling for unbelievable money. Uh, I've been seeing crappy stuff that's selling for unbelievable Unbelievable money. money, Yeah, Uh, All of it is. And, you know, between people thinking I want a hard asset for an investment that I can drive and enjoy uh, to – I, I want to get my hands on one of these before it's too late, and I I want to have a chance to drive it. Uh, whatever the reason is, all the collector stuff has been white hot for a year and a half, yeah. and I don't think it's going to slow down until the end of next year.
4: I mean, I I often wonder how much of it has to do with the new car chip shortages and and everything else. And I really, I'm not sure they are related. No. Yeah, the price of a 2017 Toyota Camry might be slightly elevated because of that. Uh, But certainly no one is buying, you know, a mint condition Dodge Omni GLH for transportation purposes. Um, And that car has done a 10X, or I'm, you know, making this shit up as I go along. But I mean, they've really (laughs) gone all, all of the sort of, all of every car that every shitbox that we loved from the last 30 years is suddenly worth three times as much yeah and i think that's just a testament to how boring modern cars are frankly
1: well um, that and the idea to look at that, the last year and a half with covid it's something you can do that's fun that you don't have to be around anybody else you don't have to have a mask on and you can go it's enjoy true. yourself and nobody can say anything about it it's true uh yeah the only downside is Now that everybody's gone back to work and everybody's gone back on vacation, the price of gas has gone through the roof, and uh, it costs more to fill them up. But unless you're a dummy like me and you drive them every day, that's not really that big a problem.
0: Well, and part of the beauty, too, is as as we work from home and a lot of us get to work remotely, quote-unquote, you don't burn up as much gas. So you've got more money to save for that big monster that you drag out. You know, two to three yeah. days a week rather than having to drive five and then go, oh, God, I best not drive the monster.
1: Yeah, my commute is 16 right. feet.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so it's,
1: it hadn't been too bad. And but you I,
4: don't want to start an internal combustion engine to move your car, your car 16 feet. We all know what that puts in the <laughs> oil. Uh, and what it does uh, to the carpet. That huh?
1: I, that doesn't even get the Impala out of the garage. Yeah, no kidding.
4: <laughs> 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 that's a problem I don't have. My <laughs> call, yeah, you, you've um, got yeah, little short, short cars. Car, yeah. uh, that,
1: that Impala is about as long as a Suburban. That's a big car. You're
0: the only, that's the only car that I've heard the fuel pump on it going, whoa. Yeah, well, it's like, damn, how many RPM are you? doing before you start the car but,
1: but think what it's feeding it's got those, yeah. it's got two four barrels on top of that four <laughs> fuel
0: pump has attack i mean like come on man R- remember <laughs> remember what chris Degonchi said
1: when you go get gas in that you have to shut the car Carry off, off so the pump can catch up
5: <laughs> <laughs> not wrong wasn't, so, that, wasn't that something i looked up and i said it was like it's going to be as long as the sprinter van the yeah. mercedes sprinter van I'm fuel cell dude. prison <laughs> cell <laughs> tomato, tomato it's a car with two doors <laughs>
1: Rivian and Lucid are two of the new EV companies that seem to offer better products than are currently available from Tesla or other manufacturers. Where do you see them in the market uh, as as we're discussing EVs? And and, uh, are they
4: too good to be true? You know, it's a really that's a really bunch of interesting, really questions there. I don't think they're too good to be true, but I think I mean I think Tesla has proven that you can have a at least somewhat sustainable. Business uh, disrupting the traditional car companies, and that's something no one has done since I don't I don't know seventy years yeah. since Tucker. I mean, um, and I think the reason why is that the the engineering behind the automobile is now complete. It's done. We know how to build a car. You know, we can. We've sort of settled on one type of steering and one type of fuel injection and one type of everything else. Um, and so, as a commodity, it's very easy for all of these startups to build a car. Um, and then what they can do is then apply. Agile techniques to them, so I mean, the, the way you know these guys design the, the interiors and stuff, they can they can do more, far more quickly than the traditional car companies. And then certainly with the powertrain, I think we're I think they're a sign of disruption. Whether they survive or not, I don't know. I suspect they will. Um, I suspect you know a company like Rivian, uh, for example, that just you know completely shattered everyone's expectations of what a pickup truck can do, um, has a real shot. Um, you know, especially when they sort of I think they just backed out of their Ford deal. So they were supposed to supply Ford with electric yeah. pickup trucks and they were like, fuck you. I don't need you. I mean, they have enough. They do, have enough. Do they still have their up.
1: do they still have their deal with Amazon?
4: I believe they still do. Yeah. OK, well, that's probably but, enough. Yeah,
5: that's the yeah, big deal. Right. You're right. They're only getting a couple hundred thousand vehicles
4: out of them <laughs> but i mean yeah. they, you know I, I drove one briefly i haven't really spent too much time in it. it you know if the customer cars are anything like that and i suspect they will be wow i mean wow i mean wow, a tesla really? has proven that the the traditional measures of the quality of construction of a car i.e panel gaps and fit and finish and whatever is just not relevant to the end user consumer they don't know about it oh yeah of course they're going to notice when a you know a piece of trim falls off their tesla um or their rivian but short of that they're just blissfully unaware of that kind of stuff and in the case of tesla stuff all the user interface stuff is so much better than anything else in those segments that people are willing to put up with that level of bullshit and frankly i think the same thing is going to happen with um with rivian i think it's going to be a while before we have evs from the traditional pickup truck makers um, and when we do they had better have the space utilization and all the other really cool features that that rivian stuff has or they're in trouble Frankly, do you think that uh, Tesla will
1: complete uh, their uh, when they come out with their pickup? It'll look like the concept that they had a year ago.
4: I mean, it's really tough to say. I, I don't believe a word that you know Elon says because every time you say that, you wind up being wrong. I, I just saw a spy video of one today at the Tesla track behind behind the Fremont plant, and what came out of my mouth is, "Oh fuck, they're really doing that." I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so absurd. It's so dumb. Um, But how much other stupid shit have they done? I mean, go drive a plaid and that you want to talk about dumb. That is the stupidest car in the face of the planet in the history of the world. I kind of love it because, you know, makes everyone sick in like 0.2 seconds. Yeah, yeah. But, um, (laughs) but wow, I mean, they just keep pulling off the stuff that every time we say they're not going to do it, they do. So.
1: I I want them to build that truck, and I want it to look like that, and I want somebody to buy a low-boy low aluminum trailer and put a DeLorean on it behind it.
4: (laughs) It, It'll happen. (laughs) One way or another, you've now planted a seed. I I think
1: that would be so perfect, and I just (laughs) want to see someone do it.
4: Sure. I mean, once I don't think I really want to see those things on the road, I think it is dumb beyond belief. But hey, um, you know, I'm not the target market for oh, a you, cyber truck. You know, well, the first the thousand of those
1: that stupid. hit the road, people are yes. going to be throwing uh rocks at the back window to see if it really works like it didn't in
4: the demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I haven't even thought
0: about that. You got a bunch of little assholes running around the oh, parking yeah. lot. Oh, oh, it doesn't it work. Just,
4: just, uh, there was, when I was in college, I had one of these girls that was in in my dorm had a Saturn, and a bunch of drunk guys decided one night to find out if it was really dent proof. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're on no. something. Those oh, are. It's not. I mean, <laughs> no. the side panels were, but the but the roof and hood oh, were not. God. No, they were steel. Yeah, they yes. destroyed our car. Uh, <laughs> they, they were for a little bit anyway. So I think we'll see. I think you're right. We're going to see that uh, with the Cybertruck too. <laughs> All right, let's get back to good
1: stuff. Mm. Uh, the Subaru BRZ and it's cousin, the Toyota 86 offer amazing performance for the price point. And I just, everything I've read, I've not had the privilege to drive one, but everything I've read says they're fantastic cars. What is it you love about them? They're simple. They're simple.
4: And that there, we do not need layer after layer after layer of complexity with, you know, automatic, this and blah, 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 that give me a front engine, lightweight rear drive car. Um, that loves to be sideways and uh, and responds when I hit the gas pedal. You know, no turbos, no waiting, none of that bullshit. Um, they got the recipe right there uh, right now. You know, I hear people say, especially the journalists, are like, "Oh, this is a great time to be a car guy." Bullshit. There's nothing. We have no sports coupes. We have no sports cars. The the amount of cars that are actually interesting is is infinitesimal right now. Like everything just kind of is mass market and, you know, oh, 12, people say, oh, 12,000 BRZs a year is a complete marketplace failure. Bullshit, right? Not every car has to sell 200,000 units a year. Um, And so we have a couple of exceptions to that. Miata and BRZ are the two sort of really small, lightweight, lightweight in modern terms in the case of the BRZ Mm -hmm. because it is 2,800 pounds. But, um, you know, pure driving experience cars that are just fun, it doesn't have to do they, zero to 60 in the mid fives, both of those cars. I mean, you know, there's nothing old that any of us have that can probably keep up with them in the no, real world. No. Uh, right. They're really, really, really quick. And yet, you know, they pass modern crash tests and um, and, you know, have all the benefits of modern safety stuff that you can switch off. The fact um, that they,
1: <laughs> the fact that they were able to do that and keep it down around twenty eight hundred pounds is nothing short of remarkable. Right. I um, mean, every
4: every time I have a German engineer, I say, "Well, it's not possible for us to reach these expectations without adding two hundred kilograms of mass." I say, "All I say is Miata, fuck you, Miata, fuck you. Miata's twenty three hundred and fifty pounds. You're all full of shit. There's no reason the Z4 and the Super have to be thirty five hundred pounds. That's not a sports car. That's a that's an obese." problem of your inefficiencies internally when it's a thousand pounds heavier or 1200 pounds heavier than a miata which is more fun anyway by the way um yeah no i think i think the brz and and the gr 86 which whatever the fuck they're all calling these cars right, right now, <laughs> um, do, just a really wonderful throwback to and it's you know it's nice to have a thirty thousand dollar car twenty eight thousand dollar car that you know younger people have a chance of being able to afford that are actually fun that's uh, really cool
5: and and one of the more fun ones, according to, you know, you know, listening to you talk about them before they're, they're one of the more fun ones than buying one that's two or three times the cost.
4: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I would do. rather, honestly, I mean, you know, the, the boxer came in right now are four cylinders and they're just kind of off my Christmas card list. Yeah. They're just dead to me. Um But, you know, there's <laughs> basically nothing. the good one, Corey. Yep, I did. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I mean, once they went four cylinder, they kind of ruined the car. The GT four, the current, you know, the current GT cars are unbelievable oh, sure. cylinders. Yeah. and GTS, but you're talking, you know, hundred grand. Yeah. Um, and honestly, in terms of fun, I would I would have Miata over anything that Porsche makes. In terms of fun, right? You know, Porsche. Some of the GT cars are unbelievable in terms of the experience, but the speeds at which you need to drive those cars. Perfect, perfect case in point, actually. My neighbors had a, have a 911 GT3 Touring, had. Um, took it out occasionally, but they also have a Miata. And they every day I hear the Miata with a lot of exhaust on it. I hear, the Miata goes by. <laughs> I never heard that GT3, ever. Uh, and after two years, they sold it with like 1,200 miles on it. And they're like, it's just, oh. second gear is 90 miles an hour. We mm. can't use this car. Yeah. And they bought an M2 so their kid could sit in the backseat. And that now sits and they fight over the Miata. They drive daily, drive a Tesla, you know, when they need to go to the grocery store. Otherwise it's the Miata, Miata always wins. Um, And so why, you know, I love the Porsche stuff, but come on, let's, let's, I mean, you know, get rid of our inferiority complex here and just drive Miata's and BRZ's and stuff. That's actually fun. A
1: a couple of years ago, I was looking at a a 96 993 uh, Mm -hmm. that had 26,000 miles on it. It was black over black coupe. And just the steering on that was so beautiful and so mm-hmm. precise, and you felt everything. And there was nothing hampering that, and I just thought that was the, the best handling car I'd ever driven. Mm-hmm. And I still want one. I, I, you know, apparently not more than I wanted that blue Corvette, but
4: uh, <laughs> I, I'd still want to own a 993. I'd say a nine nine three has probably outperformed any investment you could have made in the stock market. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, they're they've gotten expensive, and they are frankly the least fun of all the air cold nine eleven. Really, they're the best, yeah, engineering wise, they're the best. They've sort of fixed a lot of the problems, but they're very serious, um, <laughs> and they're uh, uh, they're very buttoned down. And I tend to like cars that are loose and. Well, I got I got um, some of those. If you do ever find yourself in the
1: Midwest, <laughs> 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 one of one of the best things I've seen you do on YouTube for Haggerty was your uh, your review of the Cadillac CT5 V Blackwing versus the BMW M5 CS versus the Tesla Model Plaid. Um, mm. it, you need somebody to pat you on the back for that. That was a great piece of work. Very well Thank done. You. Thank uh, you tell us what makes the ct5v
4: and also the ct4v such a hoot they have a sense of humor they're stupid i mean <laughs> the idea let's let's think about this here let's take a formal family sedan and put a 668 horsepower supercharged v8 with rear-wheel drive and stick in it i mean it's the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard it looks um, like something you would dream up in study hall in high school yeah yeah it shouldn't pass any i mean look the plaid is just dumb on so many so many levels it's just, you know if you saw the video you saw the, the drag race was staggering i mean mm-hmm, the yeah. cadillac yeah, is the fastest huge. and most powerful uh, the, the cd5v blackwing is the fastest and most powerful cadillac ever made the m5 cs is the quickest and most powerful bmw ever made and they were left fucking dead yeah by that plaid i mean night and <laughs> gone i mean it was embarrassing like we, we were watching the footage and we were like, wait a second, did the M5 stall on the line? Like it was just, the plaid was just gone. But what those other two cars were missing and what the Cadillac had was just a sense of theater and whimsy and fun. Um, it was It's geared too long, it's not perfect. Um, And actually during the filming, I didn't have enough time to really spend time before I wrote the script and spend too much time with the cars, but the CT4 wound up actually being my favorite of the two. Um, Same thing, it's the wrong, completely wrong engine that should never have a V6 in it. It should be a small block, but the the rest of the car is scalpel precise and it's actually interesting to drive at normal speeds. Really? Um, Yeah. So, you know, the M5 is automatic only and it's very serious with its all-wheel drive system, putting the power down. I think that CT the CT5 lit up the rear tires at 80 miles an hour on the public roads like like it was nothing. <laughs> um, it was just stupid. Hey, it's this just a closest Cadillac dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Go drive one. I it want is. to. <laughs> I mean, they're really. It, it's funny because it's very much a, a a dual personality. On track, it was really hooked up. It didn't feel like a Hellcat does, where it just wow, my. Fax line is ringing. Um, uh, that is very interesting. Gonna, I don't know what that what the fuck that happened was. JC Whitney um, has your uh, wheel
0: covers. I, yeah, geez, I have no way of muting this because
4: what is that? Um, it's a Google Voice number that I've had for years. Anyway, sorry about that. Yeah, I bet um, your pager is going off too. You might want to check.
0: Oh yeah, probably somebody's paging me nine one one right now. Um, <laughs> Big fat the, bag of uh, booger
4: sugar. <laughs> the um so like a hellcat is just a complete disaster when you when you really try to move in it right can't put the power down they're fun i love them for it uh, but the the blackwing stuff really is hooked up and they do well around a racetrack and great on a back road but don't lose any of that sense of humor i mean you know let's do a burnout yes i mean any family sedan that has line lock Come on, <laughs> come on! I mean, this is that's this insane. is the kind of shit that yeah. only Americans do. Now I really want What's the one quickest of those? way to change tires? <laughs> I won't tell you how many. I think we went through a total of twenty tires on uh, filming oh. on, on all all of the cars on that. Oh. Went through a lot of tires. From oh, Minnesota. that's
1: spectacular!
4: That's awesome. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, poor me. <laughs> yeah, you're the reason. <laughs> you're the reason <laughs> it's
1: flooding in Southern California right now. Yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> I think we got six miles per gallon out of that. Oh, my God. Now, now you're talking about the drag race and how
5: much the Plaid just absolutely, you know, crashed. uh, But what about the actual track time between the three?
4: That was unbelievable, actually. It was really interesting. So we sent I I had a suspicion that the that the Plaid was going to do really well just because you can basically plot out cars you can estimate cars lap times based on power to weight it's very simple right they can handle well or not but really peak speeds in the, in the middle of the straights is it's what's really going to cut down the lap time uh so we sent randy popes out first first he did the m5 and he was like well this thing's amazing and then he beat that time in the cadillac which we didn't think was going to happen
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, because beautiful. the m5 is just such a rocket it's 627 horsepower only but it you know rockets out of corners with that with like the most amazing all-wheel drive system um and so the caddy beat it and we were like whoa, whoa that's kind of unexpected yeah and then we sent him out on the plat. And this was a Turo rental. Um, oh. The guy, the owner, <laughs> oh. is what happens when car companies don't have PR departments. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> that's
5: awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> the
4: okay. owner of the car would wound up being super cool about the whole thing. I'm like, do I oh, nice. ask for forgiveness or do I ask for permission? And I'm usually one to ask for forgiveness, but I want to tell him the guy in advance. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. So I told Randy, I'm like, you know, Randy Popes is, is a fast driver, SCCA hall of fame, yeah. blah, 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 blah. What he does that no one else can do is it does his fastest lap on his first lap, period. He's fastest. He does one sort of recon run at like six tenths or seven tenths and he Mm. flings it into one quarter and in one corner has the whole car figured out. So he does one hot lap, comes in and that's always his fastest. The second lap is always slower because the tires went off. He's always amazing. It's (laughs) unbelievable. So he, I I sent him out and I'm like, okay, look, Toro car. We don't have budget to replace the tires on this thing. You got one shot. He's like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> so he, he goes out. He fucking flew by us down the front straight. It sounded like a, a jet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh shit. <laughs> he comes. He comes back in, and he was like, he cuts in the car. And he's Randy is very nunish when he's not <laughs> when he's on camera not so much in the nun department when he's <laughs> off camera so he's like holy shit i don't trust these fucking brakes <laughs> of course he would never use those words I'm, I'm oh, no he was like six seconds i could have gotten six seconds out of this fucking thing if, if i trusted the brakes and the stability c- controlled and intervened whatever blah 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 i'm like oh i guess, guess you know my my guesses are all going to be completely wrong no it beat the cadillac which Dear meant really. that it set the record the four-door lap record at willow springs Fastest sedan ever, and after Mm -hmm. one stop, he did say that he could smell the brakes. After two (laughs) stops, the brakes stunk, but they continued to work, and he and he made it. Uh, We didn't destroy the brakes, we didn't destroy the tires, and uh, the car just did one. I'm guessing regenerative braking wasn't scrubbing much speed. I mean, the joke (laughs) is that if it, it, I think the thing can do up to a thousand horsepower worth of regen. Uh, I mean, you know, that's what it can. What what can come out of the battery is usually about what can go back in. Um, but when you're dealing with 5,000 pounds, so the, the crazy thing was uh, he hit yeah. 140 miles an hour on the front straight in the, in, the M, in the Cadillac, like 138 in the BMW, 140 in the Cadillac. And he when he came back in, he's like, I think the Tesla's broken. It started to really, like, it, it basically died halfway down the straight. Well, when I looked at the numbers, at the start-finish line, which is two-thirds of the way down the street, he was, he was at 60. the 163-mile-an-hour yeah. limiter. Yeah, So he's 23 miles an hour faster than any of those other cars. We,
5: and it would have went faster if it had the, oh, yeah. it had the limiter. Yeah. We wow. did a story
1: last week on the news. Yeah. We were talking about the Tesla having a top end at 162, 163, and car and driver saying, it might be able to go faster, but you wouldn't want to be in it.
4: <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I really think if there's one landmark car that's going to cause the government to step in and say, no more of this bullshit, it's that. Really? Um, I mean, while we were filming, so, you know, the crew have been in the car with me doing horrible shit in the fastest cars in the world. Uh, and that was the first time Anthony, my director, who's, he's driven everything himself. He's a great driver in the passenger seat was like, dropped his phone, screamed. I mean, it was hilarious. And then was like, fuck this, fuck this, this is no way, this is dangerous. He, people are going to die in this thing. This shouldn't be, he sounded all of a sudden like an old man. He's 31. <laughs> and, and the uh, and the joke, well, not joke. The you know, iron, <laughs> ironic thing was while we were filming, somebody flew through a house in Florida and killed a woman and her dog oh, in oh, a plat. Oh,
3: um,
4: yeah. oh my God. Just uh. house at the end of a cul-de-sac and someone probably just didn't realize just how fast that thing gathers speed and went through That's someone's what... house and killed her. And Damn. we're at a point where somebody's got to stop this because it can't, you can't. I mean, the thing is struggling for traction up to 100 miles an hour. We're done. We've hit the limit. Enough. No more. Yeah. Jet, no jet packs on the back of this fucking there's roadster that's coming next. We don't yeah. need any of that shit. Well, this isn't, is isn't it sub two seconds, zero to 60? About. It's, it's like, like one nine there. or something. Yeah. one. I mean, Tesla claims one nine nine. Motor Trend got a two point zero. Car and Driver got a two one. I mean, it's just it's so at that. The, the crazy thing is you don't notice in that car that there is stability control and traction control uh, active the entire time. It's. Yeah. And in EVs that are programmed well, you're dealing with, uh, with traction control at the speed of electricity, which is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So they are, it is actually fighting traction the entire way to, you know, until the torque starts to dip off at like 100 miles an hour. Um, it, so it's so dependent. There, there's 0 to 60 numbers and the quarter mile numbers are so dependent on the surface that you're going to see, you know, anything from one, one 19 to 2.5 probably. Um, it's just dumb. Yeah, I hate yeah. To, I hate to sound
1: yeah. old, but if you went right. back 20 years, and you had a car that ran in the fours, that was screaming fast. Yeah, and yeah, now sure. it's less than half that.
4: The, watch, go back and watch that video, and remember that that M5. There's one shot where you can see it was a handheld camera from the inside of the M5 watching the Tesla just walk off the line. Yeah, that M5 CS does 0 to 60 and two. I think I got two six out of it. It is when I when we crunch the numbers. The fastest production car in the history of the world before the Bugatti Veyron came out, so faster than a McLaren it would leave a McLaren F1 for dead. I mean, it and it got left for dead by yeah. an innocuous-looking EV family sedan with brakes this big. It not is not a good thing for safety <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> um, let's talk more not good stuff.
1: Uh, I I I've got a pretty good idea where you're going to go with this already. You've got some thoughts on the proliferation of turbos on everything, and also on the uh, the glory of naturally aspirated cars. Okay, sorry
4: about your GTI, Corey. Th- so <laughs> no, no. Hey, the wife drives it eighty
5: five percent of the time. I drive the Perfect. Porsche naturally aspirated. Perfect. Perfect.
4: There's nothing inherently wrong with turbos, except there's everything inherently wrong with turbos. They don't respond the way that we want cars to respond to. And if you have a car that's at the cornering limit or at the limits of adhesion, you need quick response to be able to control it. So I, being that I drive like a complete asshole, um, I I don't, I won't accept a turbo car. The the reality is for, again, for most people doing their normal commute, you can save a lot of gas by downsizing and putting a turbo and direct injection on a car. Um, And then they can have the torque that they want because most drivers don't want horsepower. They want torque, which is easy, low RPM power. So they can, you know, squirt into traffic, never having to go up over 3000 RPM. Turbos are great for that. Um, So I think turbos should be relegated to sort of Camrys and Mazda sixes and the sort of normal type of cars that people drive every day, but leave them out of the performance cars. And so I think it's really interesting that like growing up, I had a book called turbo and it was a list of every turbocharged production (laughs) car. And it was all like the hottest of all the hot shit, like, you know, 288 GTO and F40 was later. And, you know, but but what I I think we've realized over time is the cars that really are amazing are naturally aspirated. L- leave the turbos for the grannies, as I would say, and just, you know, put naturally aspirated engines where they count. Okay. Go GT. We're, cars. we're,
1: we're getting to the. Yeah. Go GTO. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that works
5: too. Uh, by yeah. the way,
1: I want a rematch when I have two fewer people in the car. Thanks. Oh, we'll get it. All right. We'll uh, we're on to the good stuff. What's in your collection right now?
4: Uh, okay. By model year, I'll start oldest to new. Okay, oldest to newest, 1975 Ferrari 308 GT4. Oh, you still have it? Um, cool. Oh, I still have it. Um, that is one of my newest. My newest. One of my newest additions. Uh, you think your cars use gas? That is four double throat Webers, um, <laughs> ah, yes. and somehow. A tiny little 2.9 liter V8 can muster 11 miles per gallon no matter what I do. It's a, it's an impressive <laughs> amount of waste. Um, uh, brilliant car. Uh, 1985 Mercedes 190E 2.316, which was the Cosworth engine homologation car. Yes. Love it. Um, me too. 1987 Volkswagen Scirocco 16 valve, which I've had for almost 25 that's years. That's awesome too. Uh, that's my number one. Um, 1988. Uh, Volkswagen Cabriolet, so i.e. the bitch basket, mm-hmm. um, which is fully Scirocco 16 valve swap. So basically oh, it cool. allows me to drive the Chiracco without risking the mm-hmm. Um, Plus put the top down and fit two friends in the back. Um, 1989 BMW 325i sedan, that's a shitbox. That's sort of like a rally and track car. Um, 1990 BMW 325i wagon, that's again, that same car. So I get to drive my, my E30 without risking my E30. See how that works. Um, 2008 Lotus Elise SC, which was one of the factory supercharged cars. Uh, and then 2019 e-golf, which is, you know, the best car I've ever owned. (laughs) Just to piss you off.
1: (laughs) So you've claimed repeatedly you drive like an a-hole. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car?
5: Oh, the list must be quite long. Um, let him oh, yeah. think. Let I didn't let realize think. This is a
4: six-hour podcast. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, the dumbest one that I'm, pro- statute of limitations will allow me to talk about. So <laughs> nobody <laughs> was there. Friend, they didn't see it. Didn't allegedly, see it. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, this is kind of a funny one. So I had an E39 five series wagon, um, and I had this one friend who. I've had friends, we've been friends for 20 years, not a car guy, doesn't know anything about cars or give a shit anything about cars, but I've gotten four major tickets with him in the car. So I no longer allow him in, in any of my cars. Yeah, no crap. I'm, I'm talking 94 and a 55 once. I mean, big tickets. Like, Dang. And it's it, he's just fucking, I don't know what it is about him. 94 so, and a 55, don't you usually have to go up here before a magistrate when you get caught for that? I did, I did. <laughs> now, it wasn't as bad as the 110 and a 55 because then I had to get a public defender because that was actually a crime and not just a traffic violation. Oh, you know, oh, that was my first ticket wait, ever. We we'll won't talk go, about that. Go, oh, my God. Go bigger. Go, big or go um, home. Yeah, no, no set two limitations 10 and on a 55.
3: <laughs>
1: did
4: you tell him yeah, I thought, thought the sign said
1: times two? Yeah. Well, come on. <laughs> if you Double, double it, Tuesday. Doesn't Tuesday.
4: Two for Tuesday. <laughs> right? Two for two. <laughs> Uh, So my, my friend Ryan's in my five series and he's asking me how I do all these drift things. And I'm like, Oh, well, I'll show you. (laughs) So we're on this, we're on this road and I pull off onto a side road so that I can make a left-hand turn back onto this main road. And it's two lanes with a median and then two more lanes. So a lot of, a lot of room to drift and a lot of room to do terrible things. And it's raining and it's cold outside and I have winter tires on it. So I have no problem getting it sideways. So we pull out onto the side road. And we're waiting at the light, and I'm like, okay, and you need to look both ways. I will look in all directions, <laughs> and we will make sure there are no cops around um, because this is just going to be, you know, reckless yeah. driving if if I get seen. So he's looking. He looks. I look. The light turns green. I brake torque it. I start a burnout. Um, to get the tires nice and greasy and then fling it to the intersection at the limiter in seconds. So it's just bah, 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 and he's laughing, and we are laughing, and we're having such a good time. And as the car is coming back in line into the rearview mirror comes the flashing red lights. Um, in the in our infinite stupidity, we had looked in every direction except right behind me. Uh, and there was a cop car right behind me that whole time sitting at the light with me never saw him. And, and, and the cops saying look at these shitheads wow. but we got so he money. comes over the, so i pull over it you know he he comes over the window and he was like what the fuck was that <laughs> no i'm doing i did a standing burnout don't forget before i mean yeah, a standing right burnout first. through the last couple of seconds well, of the red light there's exhibition oh, yeah, i just handed him my license i'm like cut it in half just go ahead Please, cut it in half. I deserve it. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm blind. I'm a fucking moron. Obviously, I didn't see you behind me. I looked every direction except right behind me. Just fucking cut it in half. Take it, please. I'm a moron. Um, And he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, look, my idiot friend uh, asked me how I had to do a drift. I showed him. (laughs) That was reckless. No, it wasn't. I didn't didn't hit anything, officer. Um, Yeah, It it was stupid, not reckless. Yeah, it was stupid. It was <laughs> beautiful. It was a gorgeous slide. Come on, you gotta give me some props here, Look, <laughs> in cops. I'm, at the I'm same, same time, time did 100... you score it. <laughs> it was a 184 horsepower wagon with an automatic and an open diff. Come that on, style points, style talent. Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably if you ask me the stupidest. That's probably
1: the stupidest. <laughs> um, I I have a note to per- I here. have a personal mantra from experience. You know you're in deep shit if the cop walks up to your car laughing.
3: that's
4: that's but then at least you know my it's my goal always make them laugh immediately make them laugh because you know they deal with so many assholes at the end it's a it's a really tough job to be a cop and so you know my thing is i just admit it whatever i was doing right away Mm -hmm. and try to make a joke out of it but then be serious like well i know that i just came around that corner sideways but i actually know what i'm doing even if it was hideously illegal and stupid um, and just, you know, kind of be nice to them. So I'm always looking for the ones that are laughing often when I'm involved, they're not laughing. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> quite I got upset. I got caught
1: flying in town in that 60 Corvette and it's red with a white cove. You cannot miss this car. And the cop pulled me over. I pulled into the first parking lot I could get to. He walked up laughing and I just looked at him and said, how bad is it?
4: <laughs> I, Do my I, trick. I hand them your license. They cut it in half. That, that that one gets that disarms them really quick. Just cut it in half. I fucking deserve it. Just go for it.
1: Yeah, Kansas State Troopers are they they pull them from the part of the hospital for people who have no sense of humor, mm. and then they put them to work. If you say that to a state trooper, there's a good chance he whips out a knife and cuts it in half. So, not <laughs> as sure. As long as he lets you go blow afterwards. Blow. Who cares? <laughs> it's 50 bucks for a replacement license worth it. <laughs> you don't really exist, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been speaking with Jason Camisa, auto journalist extraordinaire. Uh, you can find all of Jason's social media links on readthedriven.com. Jason. Thanks for being on. Mm -hmm. The door's always open. You're welcome back anytime you got time. After three years, thank you so much. Uh, Boy, we we have to have the most contradictory schedules of any two human beings anywhere. I think so. I think so, but it was worth the wait. (laughs) This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can follow us on LinkedIn at Driven Radio Show Podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, online at www.drivenradioshow.com, and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Mark L. Groves. Yo! Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio.
3: Yeah. No. Amen. Hey.